You are listening to the episode 12 of Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast, the show that empowers you to redefine the life you want and live your best life now. Francine Belay, your host, and I'm thrilled to have you here with me today. Are you at a point in life where you are looking for more meaning in your work and in your life, make more money and lead a movement to change the world? Let's have a chat. Go to www.francinebelay.com slash podcast. That's F-R-A-N-C-I-N-E-B-E-L-E-Y-I.com slash podcast and click on Request a call button for more information. Today, I'm excited to discuss with Gilles Amadou Akoni. He is the co-founder and CEO of Arcothier, a London-based firm that delivers consultancy and transformational training. Gilles manages the company with his wife, Nadia Menson Akoni, she was on the show last week on the episode 11. Uh, you may want to listen to that episode, which was a very stimulating conversation just after you listen to this one. So Gilles focuses on leadership, general management and vision. He tells me how having clear rules in the business allow them to function well and challenge each other to think outside the box. He tells me also why he decided to leave his high-flying job in sales at Xerox um, to invest everything into this business and how he convinced his wife, Nadia, to start the business with him after she initially says no. So we also discuss his previous career and how he became one of the top executives in the companies that he worked for and turn those around significantly. We explore also his childhood and the impact of travels as they lived on three continents uh, and how he developed his sales acumen by understanding cultures and people. He also shares how the education he received has equipped him to deal with good and bad times and form his positive character. He also shares how being challenged by his teenagers' kids at the moment keeps him relevant to today's world. He talks also about the power of mentorship and how uh, his parents, and specifically his mentor, Addison Barry Rand at Xerox, build his tribe in business and life and emphasize how mentorship can make a difference in the life of people he believes in the transformative power of public speaking and wish he knew this way, way earlier. Gilles deconstructs how fear prevents us to do what we really love to do and what to do about this. Um, you will find this conversation very rich and inspiring as Gilles shares great insight and practical tips to do meaningful work and live a meaningful life. Now, let's dive in. Oh, hello, Gilles. Uh, great to meet you. Great to be on the call today. Hello, Francine. Great to be here and honored. Thank you very much for the time. Oh, well, thank you very much. I just spoke to your wife, Nadia Mensa Akoni, earlier. Oh, uh, and <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's great to have you as well. That's my first couple interview I'm doing, but separately. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Ladies first. Ladies first, right? Okay, good. So, Gilles, um, so you are also a co-founder of Acosphere with Nadia, your wife. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about your experience and your side of, um, you know, how you manage your side in Acosphere and also your background? So, uh, I am the co-founder. My skill set is very much in sales, sales leadership general management leadership, vision. Mm -hmm. And so these are the things that I focus on. Uh, we have very clear roles, but we also communicate on what the others do. Yeah. So that helps us uh, be more whole, but that helps us also look at things cross-functionally, challenge one another, and think outside of the box. 
so in, in the role, I, I manage the day-to-day uh, employees, customer relationship, but Nadia does customer relationship too. As a matter of fact, sometimes she teases me because she sells more than I <laughs> So, uh, so we, we're really um, very flexible in organization, uh, but she's more on the financial and human resources side. Um, she's got a lot of empathy. I have a lot of drive. Mm, that is uh, so complimentary. And I was fascinated uh, to hear her perspective uh, on how to work together with her husband. I, I would love to hear your perspective as well. <laughs> it might not be the same. So what do you find great working with um, Nadia. Had you been with us in, um, in August 2005, you, you would have been in a, in a fairly large living room in London, um, sitting at a, a beautiful 12 seating uh, table, um, you know, uh, massive wood, uh, dark wood, and you'd have um, two people speaking to one another. And I, I'd say to Nadia, look, I, I'm uh, leaving this last company. I'm not sure what I should do. Um, and she said to me, you're not sure? And I said, no. Um, but well, if you go back to when we got married, you told me that by the age of 45 or so, you would either be financially independent or at least on the way. And, and also uh, you would have your own business. And by the way, don't mean to bust your chops, but you're the only one in your family who doesn't have his own company. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how it started. And so I said to her, fantastic idea. Let me just think about it for half a second. Okay, so you suggested I should create my company. Mm-hmm. Said yes, and I said I would do this uh, under one condition: is that you do it with me. Wow. And you know what the answer was? Mm-hmm. Never, no. ever. You were way too demanding. We'll never do that. Well, I must say that uh, just about fourteen years later, uh, we're still going strong. Wow. It's one of the most wonderful experiences that I've had. And I'm, I'm grateful to God and grateful to Nadia to, uh, to have been able to uh, not only bear with me, but also tame me and, uh, and coach me. So she's uh, certainly one of my best coaches. Yeah, I, I love that story, actually. And also the fact that you also leave your high-flying job to start just an adventure. She has resigned. Now you also leaving this high-flying, um, you know, job that you have to start, um, you know, can you Take me through that, you know, the kind of thinking. Was it easy to decide or what was the deciding factor that made you think, well, now or never? Well, you have to go back to my uh, business experience. I, I worked for Xerox for 15 years and I'm, I'm blessed to have had all kinds of jobs and very senior executive jobs at Xerox. Mm -hmm. I learned a lot in sales, in marketing. I learned a lot about human interaction, human relationship, how to convince people, how to have impact, how to influence people. Uh, And all of these things are of great service today. But but I also left Xerox, you know, before I was 40, because I figured if I stay Mm -hmm. beyond that time, um, you know, I, I will be a lifer, but also because there's some significant management uh, mistakes that unfortunately this great company had done. And therefore, we couldn't see where the leadership was taking the company. So a lot of people left at the same time yeah. around the turn of the century. And I also wanted to see if, you know, before I was 40, if I could use my skills in a different corporate environment. 15 years of Xerox is a long time. However, every two to three years, I was in another job and very often in another part of the world. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to give you all my CV, but by the time I was, I was uh, 30 or so, I was a sales manager in the U.S., you know, confronting 500 sales managers, American, all, all of them American. I was the only foreigner. Mm. Despite that, my second year, I managed to be number one. And that accelerated my career. I went from managing eight people in New Jersey to managing 1,000 people as a general manager, age 33, looking 26, not in his place in Egypt, because in Africa, you have to have gray hair. I certainly didn't have one back then. <laughs> that accelerated my career. So after Xerox and after, you know, having been on, on boards, uh, you know, some of the larger companies of Xerox in Europe and also at, at the helm of Xerox, Europe, Middle East and Africa in marketing, I, I went on to work for two other FTSE 100, Fortune 500 companies mm-hmm. um, as a sales and marketing director uh, sitting on the, on the board or in the executive team. 
and turn those around significantly. Um, of, of course, it's never you individually, but you have an imprint on a number of people that you manage to, to galvanize, mm -hmm. to inspire, who follow you. Uh, as, as Simon Sinek says, you know, uh, it is one thing that defines a leader is your following. Mm -hmm. and, and that following, um, you know, allowed us all together to make those transformations that I'm speaking about very quickly. So at Xerox Egypt, you know, we went from 40, from zero to 41 million in, uh, in 14 years and from 41 million to nearly 60 million in three years. And, and that's because, you know, you manage to galvanize the people they feel inspired, they galvanize their own people and a thousand people want this company to be extraordinary. So yeah. people can do extraordinary thing if you inspire them. Yeah. And the other two companies I worked with, uh, as I said, in sales and marketing, were also transformed market. You know, um, the, the price of the stock exchange, the stock um, um, for one of them went from one fifty to three fifty in three years. Yeah, yeah. So tell me, how did you find your call? How did you go about finding your call, or what you're doing now? I think. Uh, a lifetime is one where you have different episodes mm. and I've had different callings at different times of my life. I, I was fortunate to be born in a family where my father uh, was, was um, called uh, the number one without a number two. And we won't get to that story, but he was very driven by excellence and he had incredible human quality. So, so had my mother, they, they were very alike in, um, in, in, styles of management, leadership, and education. They started as, as teachers um, and moved on to, to great careers. So we traveled around the world, literally, mm. lived in three continents by the time I was 10. Mm. Uh, and so uh, that, that went with understanding cultures, understanding the diversity of cultures, being like E.T., back in the mm. 70s, because at that time, speaking five languages, when you were 10, that was unheard of. Wow. So, so um, I think we had great exposure and there were different callings. Age 16, 17, I was selling ice cream uh, on, uh, on beaches whilst my friends were just dancing away on, on, on Friday and Saturday nights. Wow. I was doing that too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you were selling and making more money if you, anyway, being exactly. more a producer than a consumer. <laughs> exactly. 23, I was a professor in an American university. 25, I was selling for Xerox. You know, uh, then, you know, 38, 39, I, I moved on to other corporations. So I had different callings, but all of this is summarized in uh, around the age of 43, 44, I decided to uh, invest everything into our, our own business. And, and that calling is really to look inside of people mm -hmm. to help them go beyond, to really transform them, transform human beings. And that's really the, you know, the, the, the biggest calling maybe of my life. Maybe it has been there all the time, but with different episodes as I started saying. So tell me, what um, is your definition of meaningful work and meaningful life? Meaningful work... Uh, let me start with meaningful life. Mm -hmm. Meaningful life is, is a life that gives you fulfillment, happiness, that allows you to be all you can be. Uh, and that's, you know, ideal. It mm -hmm. doesn't happen that way every day, but it only doesn't happen because you let yourself down. You let your thoughts uh, take you down. You let other people's thoughts, other people. Maybe shortcomings, uh, your own shortcomings take you down. You know, happiness and a life of fulfillment and meaningful life has nothing to do with the material side of things. Mm -hmm. It has to do with how you feel as an individual and how you make other people feel. So uh, for me, it, it starts with prayers. It starts with meditation. It starts with doing some sports. At times, I used to do this every, all the time. Now it's at times. Uh, and it starts uh, with being whole and being as positive as possible with my wife she's the first person i see and and then you know my children and the people in my surrounding mm. this is not happening all the time i have my moods like everybody else uh, i'm driven i i can be on on people's case uh and i can be uh, also very loose and and loose with my my um, my structured way of thinking uh, in life 
I have difficulties uh, separating my 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 life, my personal life, to my work, because I I am not a different animal at work. Unfortunately, today I think the meaning of work and the meaning of life has uh, disappeared in many corporations, mm. and I would say that often corporations make people become, or people allow themselves to become, uh, a different kind of animal. You can see two different faces, one when they're at work, another one when they're out of work. Uh, so who are they for real? Mm. Um, if there is something that is not pleasing, not pleasant, if there's something that is um, you know, not to your liking, you should say so. You should find a way, diplomatic maybe, but a way to express yourself, mm -hmm. to, be, to have meaning to your life, whether you're at work, at home, on a sports uh, ground, watching a game, uh, watching a concert, just be who you are. Yeah, yeah, I think I love that actually. Yeah, meaningful life is really, you know, finding a way to be who you are totally. that That's great. So when did you realize who you are and what you're meant to do in life? I think you have touched that a little bit earlier, but, you know, I, I'd like to hear more. Yeah, many different episodes and, and at those different times, uh, you know, in, in the youth, maybe I would ha have a, a lot of questionings about who I am, uh, you know, why I, I am in the family in which I am, uh, you know, why my parents the way they are, my, my brothers, uh, being the, you know, the, the youngest um, for, for a period of time, I, I was always uh, looking at things in, in a, I'm unique and, and everybody else is different. Um, but I think over time, I got a calling for just driving and helping people. And I don't even think about it. And so when, when sometimes people say, you can't imagine what you've done for me, I'm watching them and just wondering what they're speaking about. Mm -hmm. and I think that's how it should be. Yeah, You're not doing th something for any particular reward except the rewards from the universe or from God uh, at, at some stage, it, mm -hmm. what goes around comes around. Mm -hmm. So I realized really my calling for transforming people from inside out uh, around the time I turned 40. And that's, you know, a few years before I created uh, with Nadia this, this company that uh, we, we put a lot of our time and a lot of our lives uh, in it. Um, but I also realized that in more of these years, these past five, ten years, who I am through being educated or re-educated by my children, mm. uh, who gave me a dose of reality, and <laughs> particularly my daughter, mm. um, who, who really grounds me and, and just challenges me. Um, I'll give you an example. I mean, she's, yeah. the, we, we're doing our, our website again, and we were so sure that it was great, and we asked her to <laughs> look at it, and she says... But, you know, there's 10, 15 things that are wrong on this. And if you do it this way, fine. It's your, your problem. But you're not talking to the millennials. You're not talking to the next generation. Mm. By the way, it, it's still antiquated what you're doing. And here is a young, you know, 18-year-old, 19-year-old challenging us mm. in the right way. And had we not done what she said, we, we would have had, um, you know, lost some, some um, beats for the market, really. Of course, yes. She's a digital native, so she can see things quickly that, you know, it will take you a long time to see or not even completely not seeing at all. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So tell me, Gilles, what is your toughest moment? One of the toughest moments that ended up to be a blessing in disguise? That's, a, that's an interesting question. <laughs> um, I, I have this, um, this weird way of always trying to turn things into a positive mm. to forget. Uh, and and it's, it's a weird thing because I, I tend to forget even really hard hardships. Mm. So I had some hardships in my youth. Uh, my parents separated and then divorced and then later in life decided to remarry. And that uh, has an impact on you. I, I rarely speak about this because mm. my trait of character that I just described. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I'm sure this had had traces of, you know, maybe sorrow, sadness, um, and, and maybe it, it created this ability in me to just forget about things that are quote unquote negative. Yeah. 
from a business standpoint, it was very difficult to live in Germany. We confronted for the first time uh, what I would call real sheer racism. Mm. As a matter of fact, I, I remember having an interview with the one of the number one, uh, maybe the number one magazine in Germany, and they had a two-page on me. And she said, they said, do you realize that you're the only black person sitting on the board of any of the top 1,000 companies in this country? And I couldn't believe it. <laughs> that was back in 1998. Mm -hmm. um, so my wife, pregnant of uh, a few months, walks down three floors. We we living in a in a triplex, mm -hmm. three floors because that's where the uh, you know the uh, washing machines are. Mm. There's a there is a lawyer who has his his office right across that um, cellar. And, and he comes out and, and my wife doesn't know that there is a key for this. And he closes the door and she says, can you please open the door? I don't have the key. He said, no, just walk back up, call, call the owner and get your own key. Uh, she walks outside and, and the people walking across the road because she is walking on the one side of the pavement. You know, I go into the work environment and of course there's a German way of doing things and, and being very aggressive. But also I feel every single day that, you know, I'm so foreign to them. Mm. That's really difficult. Now, we've had some good times in Germany as well. And I don't want to say the Germans are all racist. That's not what I'm saying. But I, we experience racism in Germany. And I'm very clear about this and say it clearly, not mince words. Uh, but I didn't anticipate. Um, and, and in other parts of the world, I had no experience of that at all. Mm -hmm. Maybe anticipated that this would happen. So that was probably one of the most difficult things, to be uh, blatantly... Um, you know, separated for this. It has happened several times, even in this country, mm -hmm. uh, that, that people have, you know, had perceptions of, uh, of, of me. They would not say uh, to your face that they're racist, but mm -hmm. the way they act has, has happened. And, and this is probably the thing that is the most hurtful uh, for an individual. It is hurtful to me to feel uh, any racism towards uh, Western people on, on the beautiful continent of Africa when I'm there. So it is hurtful any, anywhere. This is probably something that has been the most difficult. What it has ta taught me is, you know, you have, regardless of what other people feel or think or about you, just just be yourself. Yeah. Be present to the uh, beautiful um, opportunity of, of just being present in life and just move on. Keep going. Mm, great, great learning and great, um, you know, powerful, um, you know, distinction that, yeah, regardless what other people think and do or don't do, you know, you keep going, actually. And yeah, great lesson, actually. And when you look back at your childhood, obviously, um, you know, uh, you shared already some of the, the traits that, you know, speaking five language at 10, at 10 and moving on three different continents. But in terms of how it has prepared you to who you are today, is there something else that you can think of? I think the fundamental thing in the education that, uh, you know, God bless their soul, my mother and my father gave us, mm -hmm. uh, which, which has helped us in good times and in bad times, mm -hmm. in bad times and in good times, um, in our childhood, that's what, what I remember. And despite, you know, some of the, uh, the, the, the family uh, trauma would be too, too much to say, our parents would close their door and, you know, uh, uh, wash their, their their dirty linen at home, if I can put it this way, so that their children didn't hear too much. We did hear some things, but they, they didn't really, they, they were quite um, civil in front of us. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, just uh, whatever disagreement they had, they tried to discuss it, uh, you know, off the, the face of their children, but we felt it. Mm. Uh, so I think that that has uh, had an impact in my childhood. But what I remember most is the happy days. It's the, the times when we were back in Senegal uh, in the courtyard of our uncle, uh, Amadou Bari, who was one of the, the mayors of, uh, of Dakar, Gore and Dakar. Um, and, and we were there with the other children, my cousin, who was almost my brother, Abdou Pai. Um, the, the happy days with my, uh, my cousins when I was a teenager um, and, and going out 
uh, you know, on, on weekends uh, and, and on day um, evening dances uh, in, in the 70s. Mm. All of these memories of childhood and, and teenage are, are the ones that have um, formed my character to be a positive one and a happy one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it comes from the education and, and the importance of learning that our parents have uh, really uh, provided us and, and given us uh, a loving form. Yeah, no, that's great. So, uh, because I've, I've seen that you and Nadia, actually, funny enough, you have the kind of same, um, you know, nomad parents, if I can say, use this term, you know, moving from one place to the next. Would you say that this is something that's attracted between each other to have this kind of same openness and culture agnostic, um, you know, being so well-traveled and, you know, being so open. Is that one of the key elements that attracted you? This has attracted us to one another like uh, like a magnet attracts. <laughs> and therefore it was uh, probably unconscious. I would even say more so because when, when I met Nadia, she spoke at the time eight languages and, and she had, she didn't have that on her CV, believe it or not. <laughs> so the fact that we traveled around the world was not normal for us, even though it was actually not normal. There's not, not a lot of people who in that, those days, seventies, eighties traveled as much and, and um, you know, had so, so many cross-cultural experiences and exposures. Um, but I think what, what attracted me to her is um, who she is from inside, mm. um, her spirituality, more so than her religiousness, mm-hmm. uh, the beauty inside of her. And it's funny, when I, I saw her again, because we met at different times, when I saw her again and, and then decided to court her, mm-hmm. uh, the day I saw her, I thought, you know, it was the sunshine that was coming to me. And it was it was so funny. I still have that image as it was as if it was yesterday. Wow, <laughs> that's so powerful. What would you say is your superpower then? My superpower, I think, is very much my drive. The drive uh, that makes me resilient, that makes me persist, persistent, uh, that make me uh, thick skin. Even though I think deep down, I'm very very sensitive. Uh, person, uh, I can be, uh, I can be hurt, but I turn that around into po- into a positive very quickly. Mm-hmm. So I think it's my drive. Uh, I have been able to, you know, at 33, being one of the youngest in the company, drive a thousand people in Egypt and transform uh, a company. I've been able to go to the states and and just drive through uh, being a professor at Lehigh University in the 80s, drive through being a, a sales manager and and a, just the only foreigner transformed that, that team uh, with their willingness to follow what my lead was. Um, and I've been able to drive through difficult times, um, times when, you know, we were wondering how we were going to put anything on the table, uh, which, which happens, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that drive is, is really what I'm blessed with and I'm grateful to, uh, to God, to my parents, to my, my wife, my family for... Uh, or helping me hone that on the one side and also just accepting that sometimes I can be intolerant uh, as this drive takes me to uh, to other levels. Yeah. I know that sometimes people are driven because sometimes perhaps in their childhood they have lacked something and then therefore they are very passionate to make things happen. But in your case, what would you motivate? What would you say has motivated this drive in you? Uh-huh. A number of things. Uh, the example of my parents. Uh, my, my my parents were first at many things. My mother, I think, was the first okay. uh, woman in politics in the okay. 50s, in the early fifties in, in Senegal. Uh, as far as I know, maybe in in the French speaking African countries. Mm. Um, and then she decided to follow her her husband, who was you know at school at university always first uh, until the day when he tried to get into a French school called Ena. My, my mm-hmm. mother warned him and said, it's too early. There's no black people there. <laughs> he missed the, the exam two times by half a point. Uh, so he got the message. Uh, so so that those models uh, have really been role models to us. But I was lucky in my professional career and peace be with him to be mentored by a gentleman uh, Addison Barry Rand, who was a very senior executive at Xerox. Mm. He is the 
person many people don't know who really drove diversity in uh, the corporate world. In the 1973, after five years at Xerox, he and four other African-Americans stood to the CEO of the company and basically when they were deciding who the next generation of sales managers were going to be, they said, basically, we are in the top ranking in sales at Xerox, and we've been doing this consistently for five years. Most of us are in the top 10. Mm. You you will uh, promote two of us to sales managers. We are ready um, in this meeting. Otherwise, we'll just walk out and maybe go to the press. Mm-hmm. And once the once the uh, gentleman went into his meeting, they turned around, looked at each other, and said, "If they don't promote us, what do we say to our wives? We don't have a plan B." <laughs> this led to the focus groups. There is a, a famous Harvard Business Review, a Harvard Business case study at Harvard about diversity at Xerox and the focus mm-hmm. uh, that led to the whole movement uh, that that you know keep focuses on gender focuses on, um, you know, a balanced workforce, whether race, ethnic beliefs, um, sexual beliefs, preferences, etc. of today. And Xerox was a forerunner. So this gentleman has had a significant influence on me. I was lucky to meet him in the late uh, 80s, early 90s, and he'd become a friend, a big brother. Uh, he's also the first African-American to run a Fortune 500 company. So I'm, I'm blessed um, through my parents, through the this uh, this encounter and many others. Yeah, that's. I'm glad I asked this question because sometimes, yes, yeah, so some mentor or some people that we cross, who cross our path in life, you know, also shape our destiny. What's the name of this guy again? Addison Barry Rand. Okay. He, yeah. You know, he'll he, be good. He's still he's still with us, right? He left. I, I was at his wake uh, beginning of November in Washington D.C. and people like. Um, uh, uh, Ken Chenault, who used to be the chairman and CEO of American Express, also an African-American, uh, Vernon uh, Jordan, uh, Bill McDermott. Uh, he was a colleague of mine in the, in the 90s. He now is the CEO, the first ever CEO that is non-German of SAP. He's just as simple as he was. He was there. Uh, and, and there are 400 people uh, paying respect to Addison Barry Rand. Oh, monument, wow. monument of the corporate world and the uh, and uh, of um, black people uh, actually in the world, really. Oh, I'm going to find out about him, actually. I didn't know anything about him at all. Yeah, yeah. Worth, well worth looking at. He also ran AARP, which is the pension fund, as I understand it, for people who are 50 and more in the oh. state, and was part of the team, leading team, uh, implementing the what is, is called the Obamacare, but the, the uh-huh. healthcare. Um, yep system in, in America during mm-hmm. President Obama. Yeah. Well, a, a very significant uh, personality of the um, of the corporate world. I, I was, I'm just um, uh, very lucky to have had wow. him. Wow, yeah. And mentorship is critical. I know, yeah. <laughs> Too often we don't ask, mm. particularly if you are from um, African descent, yep. islands, whether it's in Africa, mm-hmm. people tend to say, you know, don't ask. Yeah, your education is part of this. Actually, if you don't ask, you don't get. Exact, 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 exact. That that's so true. Exactly, you have to ask. You have to ask, and you know, you don't need to know everything. People people assume that when you are at a certain stage, you have to know everything, and then asking is like a bit demeaning. But actually, I think it's the smart people do that ask. Actually, yeah, I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. So for people who are at the moment in a place that they find their job mundane or not very meaningful, uh, so is there some tips that you can share with them to find much more meaning in their life or in their work? First thing is, I just spoke about, I'm going to start with what I spoke about last. Find some mentors. Yeah. It doesn't have to be the biggest uh, executive in the world. It has to be just somebody who has practical common sense. Mm. Uh, find some mentors, be prepared to ask and be prepared to be given feedback. One of the best uh, gifts you can give to somebody is to give them feedback. Yes. Start with everything that's negative and end with everything that's positive. The recent work in neuroscience shows that our brain is, is, is 
um, done in such a way that we just remember the last things that are said to us. Mm-hmm. How many hundreds and millions of people have gone through appraisals? And you start by saying, you know, you did this and this and this very well, but mm-hmm. and they're all waiting for the but. And the but starts creating defense mechanisms, fear mechanisms, where they say, okay, I'm not, not going to show this. I'm not going to tell my, my, my boss. And therefore, the person gets crippled in many ways, psychologically, and can't be all they are in the working place. So if, if you feel that it's becoming mundane, look at yourself in this way, find somebody to be a mirror for you, to give you feedback, and try to just be who you are. Mm. Try to read books, uh, read The Power of Now, of being present now, regardless of what happens in your life, just be with the moment and be happy. Yeah. Um, and, and then, uh, you know, there are all kinds of development books that you can read. Uh, you can go to seminars, uh, continuously learn, accept also the reality, accept what happens. Acceptance is a very big uh, way. Acceptance and, and, and forgiveness are very big, big words, but uh, they're salvation words, if you want, if you manage to go through this. Mm. Um, yeah. And, and really uh, just keep pushing the, um, you know, the tables pushing your, your luck to be able to do something else. But you have to have passion about something and define what it is that's meaningful to you. Yeah. And you can continue your job, uh, change the things that you don't like in your job and start really investing in your passion. If you like playing the guitar, play the guitar late. I think it's, um, um, what's his name? Morgan, I forget his last name, an African-American actor. Morgan Freeman. Thank you. Morgan Freeman that started, uh, you know, really his acting career at 52. Really? I didn't know that. My gosh. I think so, yeah. Uh, I'm not wrong. And so there is no good time to start. People say, you know, you're getting old at such and such an age. A lot of these things are not true. There's an incredible American, African-American lady. Anybody would quote her. She's 80 years old and she's a, um, she's a, a weightlifter and she looks so young, you would think she's 45 or something. <laughs> um, the the record holder of the of the marathon for a very long time was a 90 uh, of, of the category 60 years plus was a 95 year old Indian man. What? So, yeah. So <laughs> a lot of the concept that we have, a lot of the things that we ha- say are based on fear, hmm. and therefore your job and your life becomes mundane because you're fearful and you're not going to ask something, you're not going to say something, or somebody says something and it's interpreted in a in a very funny way, and the corporate world picks it up and and just starts creating a, polit- a politics around it. People need to be themselves. And if they say something that's wrong, fine, tell them, you know, we shouldn't say this this way in the corporate world, but don't make them devils or drama drama queens because they're just different. The difference actually helps the world go wrong. Yeah, thank you. You know, you have shared so much great tips. And I think one of my key takeaway here is that it's fear that prevent people to move forward. That's brilliant because I think, yeah, because if people... Um, you know, are not fearful, therefore they can do things. So they won't do anything because they might be fearful for, for example, to lose their job or they might be fearful about what else the person will say. But if they move beyond this fear, I'm, I'm sure that, yeah, they can, as your wife say, they can dream, they can really get passionate and get their passion going actually and find, make plan for the future. So I I love those. Uh, so now it's time to talk about money. So sometimes, you know, we are passionate about what we want to do, but we find it a bit difficult to get money out of it. Can you share some perspective of how you can turn this around? Yeah, I'm going to build on what uh, apparently Nadia has spoken about dreaming. Mm. You have to dream big. Mm-hmm. And if you, your dream is not big enough that you can conquer the world and the universe, then it's, it's just uh, not your dream. It's just uh, a fancy. Um, you have to dream big and let your heart speak. Yeah. Don't make everything rational because your life is going to be hell. Let <laughs> your heart speak. And once you let your, your heart speak, listen to what you're passionate about. Listen to your first instincts. Listen to what your reptilian brain says. You know, this is what's good for me. 
in many, many cases, this is actually good, but you start reflecting and you start structuring it and that's where your fears start uh, propping up and what if I didn't succeed? No, try things, try yeah. lots of things, fail many times and learn from the failings. So I think you really need to be passionate about something and something that's beyond what you're currently doing that you can add to your portfolio of skills, mm -hmm. um, playing the guitar, uh, becoming an actor, mm -hmm. going on, uh, on, on the, uh, to the theater, learning, uh, taking acting classes, um, learning to paint, uh, learning to, uh, to sprint at the age of 50, <laughs> what, whatever it is, learning yoga, Uh, you know, you're 65 and you said, okay, I'm going to do something new. And you start learning yoga and two, three years later, you're an awesome professor. Mm. So you can do whatever you want. There is no limit to human beings, provided they, they believe so. It, it really starts with a thought. It, whatever that thought is, if it's a big one, it's a dream, make it, make, make it real. And, and so then you can develop a second career. If, if the money in your job doesn't, doesn't uh, convert, continue your job so you can have, you know, uh, you can have a, a wage and then develop your passion to the excellent, uh, you know, the most excellent level. And God knows, you might be the next um, Ed Sheeran. <laughs> yeah why not <laughs> okay great i love that so now let's talk about building a movement so i know that they say don't start a company start a movement are you starting a movement or a company you know a lot of things are fads a movement is not a fad but we went into this acosphere limited thing uh building a company And we went and, and started doing one thing and then two and now three and a number of others. Um, and so we built a company first, which, you know, companies have go through waves and their ups and downs. And we wanted to be a very solid company. Mm. And as we were going along, um, we started being building a bit of a following, mm -hmm. particularly in some of the corporate Uh, entry management roles that we've had where we've helped the organization be transformed mm. and some of the um, retreats that we had taking boards or you know senior executives uh, to think differently and, and transform also the, the course of their business lives and their employees mm. and also now that we train people in transformational way in the last couple of years we've trained over two thousand uh, over a thousand people specifically on the skills of public speakers. Yeah. And that journey has been a transforming one, has been a, one where we have been building a following mm -hmm. and creating a movement, um, you know, beyond, beyond what we expected. Uh, so uh, people have deep transformations through the courses they attend because we use neuroscience in it and uh, try to hone our skills constantly in that field. And that is maybe the, the beginning of a movement. Uh, time will tell and, and the people and history will tell. Yeah. But we're, we're trying to build a solid company and then having a following is, is always pleasing. And particularly when we bring them uh, some value. Human yeah. yeah, actually, which leads me naturally to ask you, what do you want to be remembered for? <laughs> uh, a footprint of looking inside of people and helping them go beyond who they are, being driven uh, by a purpose, uh, being driven by being all they can be, and, and being accepted, uh, having acceptance of their shortcomings. I have many shortcomings. I've made many mistakes. I will continue to make mistakes and learn uh, through them. Uh, whether it's in educating my children and being too too harsh as a father, or whether it's in driving people to you know to the roof, because I was too uh, too driven and too tough with them, mm. uh, but but always with a, a human touch and uh, and never never shy of uh, apologizing if I hurt someone um, along along the line. So looking to to be remembered for some some somebody who has been having the ability to look inside of many lives and to help people go beyond where they believed uh, their limitations um, 
uh, help them. Mm, yeah, no, that's great. Yes. And if you have to relive your life again, knowing what you know now, what would you do and what would you no longer do? So I, I think I would do most of the same things, but I would just do them earlier. <laughs> if, I had, if I had everything I've done uh, in my life in my, my hands right now, I would not have waited 25 years uh, knowing Tony Robbins and, and, uh, and just waited 25 years to go into his course. But I would have mm. done this when I was a teenager or when I was uh, a young adult. Yeah, I would have learned the art of public speaking uh, the way I'm learning it now much earlier, although in the, the 70s, 80s, 90s, there were not, not so many gurus. I, I did a lot of presentation skills training. Mm-hmm. What I'm talking about here is totally different. It's mm-hmm. the gamut of being able to speak to one person or to a thousand people, to governments, to ministers, to presidents, kings, queens, um, being able to be a, an MC, being able to be in front of the press, interacting with the press doing a uh, a podcast <laughs> uh, and really bringing something to whichever audience you're addressing. Yeah. yeah, no, that's great. Wow, cool. Um, is there anything I haven't asked that actually you think that will help people to live a more meaningful life and do more meaningful work? Quite an extensive set of questions. <laughs> <laughs> We have until tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I can't think of anything, um, but I, I think the the word that I want to, um, mm. to bring forward is just to be yourself, to be, mm. be genuine, just to be in whatever circumstance they are. Uh, there's too many people I have, I live through this and I live through this at times also who are uh, trying to be someone they're not mm. and or they're not uh, feeling well under their skin, in their skin. Uh, and, and a lot of the disease that we have, including things such as cancer, such as, um, you know, uh, stomach trouble, uh, troubles and skin troubles and others, mental troubles are linked to the fact that one thinks we should be someone we are not. Mm. One thinks the world wants us to be doing something we're not. And we act accordingly instead of just being meaningful to ourselves so that we can be meaningful to the world. Mm. Yeah, no, that's great. A great addition to everything else that you've, uh, you know, imparted your wisdom. I really, really appreciate that. Can you share some resources that listeners should absolutely know about um, to, you know, live more meaningful life? Okay, so uh, so here, you, you, people can obviously, and we will provide over time more insights. Uh, they can follow us uh, through our website, mm-hmm. uh, com. That was a bit of advertisement. Mm-hmm. No, that's great. Yeah, because, you know, I'm going to ask you to share some places that people can, you know, see your work. Okay, well, I'll do this now as well. Yeah. They can go through our Facebook page. They can go through our LinkedIn LinkedIn page. They can go through our Instagram page or our personal pages. Uh, we are, over the next uh, 12, 24 months, going to give in more and more of our, our knowledge uh, on different subjects. Mm, I love that. Sales, um, particularly uh, things that are transformational, mm-hmm. life, happiness, um, you know, how, how to, to live a meaningful life. Mm. Um, but they can also go to some of the people who have inspired us. So Barry Wren has uh, definitely inspired me and I, I mentioned his name. Yep. Go and find out about his life. Go and yep. I will add all those things in the links uh, in this section uh, on the podcast. So, you know, all the resources that you're sharing. Very good. Can go, and- go and find out how he transformed Avis and transformed profoundly uh, the world of uh, rental cars. You know, nowadays you go and rent a car and they ask you, do you want to come back with a full tank or not? Barry Rand is the person who has transformed this industry with this and, and generated much more revenue and profit to, yeah. by using this. So go on to Tony Robbins is, is a really, really good one mm-hmm. that you need to look at. Although I haven't read, read his book, I've, I've looked at a lot of, um, a lot of his uh, uh, 
you know, articles and things at the time. Mr. Goldman, uh, who wrote Intelligent Reframed, uh, yeah. everything to do with, um, you know, uh, emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence. Yeah, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. That that could be helpful. Uh, you can uh, go and look at um, here in the UK. There's a guy called Matthew Said. Mm. professional table tennis player who's done a lot of written a few books he he does some transformational training uh thinks about uh, the the growth the growth mind and and helps people in in that field uh you can um i mentioned tony robbins yeah um, go to his four-day um upw training once a year in the uk but uh, he probably does 10 or so around the world Mm. Um, read books, read good to great, from good to great, mm. mm-hmm. uh, from Coleman, uh, yeah. read books, uh, such as Brendan Burchard's books. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, read about the world, uh, be curious about, uh, you know, why is the world looking at Africa as the next, uh, Eldorado, mm. uh, read spiritual books, uh, read things, uh, about uh, Buddhism, about Christianity, about Islam, regardless of your religion, mm. break the walls and go and find out why people think differently and why what inspires them. Uh, and you'll find out that we human beings come from one race, the human race, mm. and everything else is just uh, noise. Yeah. Um, so yeah, these are some of the things. From a marketing standpoint, there's a guy that we really like a lot, and that's... Um, that's um, uh, Simon Sinek yeah. uh, got a lot of visual material that you mm-hmm. can learn from. Um, Steve Jobs mm-hmm. formed the marketing world. Look at the way he speaks, the content of what he says, the impact that he's had to our lives. And he, they, they always knew at Apple that they are only getting started, but they wanted to change the world. And those who are the crazy ones are the ones who change, change the world. So these yeah. are resources that you can go and seek uh there's many others and wow that's a lot already that you provided uh, our listeners i'm so grateful for your time jill and it was such a pleasure to talk to you and share all your wisdom and all this great insight with our listeners and it was a really really great pleasure thank you very much Thank you, you very much, Francine. I, I'm very grateful for this interview. You have such a sparkling personality. I, I can't wait to meet you <laughs> one day soon. Yes, we well, should definitely meet soon. <laughs> okay, thank you very much and speak soon. Thank you very much. Speak to you soon. Okay. The show notes of this episode of Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life are available on my webpage, francinebelli.com slash podcast that F-R-A-N-C-I-N-E-B-E-L-E-Y-I dot com slash podcast with all the references and resources shared by Gilles. Whilst you are there, leave a message in the comment section and let me know about your key takeaway from this episode. If you enjoy this podcast and want to show your love and support, subscribe to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app where you are listening to this podcast and leave me a five-star review. It will take you a minute, but it will mean a lot to me and it will help me to see that it is serving people out there. See you next week for a brand new episode. Until then, dream, act and make an impact. Lots of love.